Welcome, welcome back to Rise to Liberty. Today, I am joined by Adam Maxwell. But before we get into that real quick, I do got to shout out our sponsor uh, for Nadu Shave Company. Um, absolutely the best shave products that you can buy. Uh, Big Shave offers nothing but just crappy multi-blade razors that just tear up your skin. They don't care about you know, the product that they're selling to you. Nadu actually cares. Uh, it is veteran-owned, family-operated, and uh, they support this show. So go check them out. Um, it, Like I said, I personally use it and uh, highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, it is absolutely great. You will uh, not regret it. That is nadushaveco.com, promo code RISE15. For 15% off your order at checkout, go ahead, scan that QR code and uh, make sure and show them some love because they show us some love. Nadu Shave Co., where tradition beats modernity. Now, let's get into today's, uh, today's story. Adam, you are the chairman of a organization called Liberty Rising. Uh, but that's not where your story starts. Your your story starts with uh, well, I I assume it's it starts earlier than this as well. But you you created a company called uh, I believe a company called Elevate, correct? Elevated, yes. Ele elevated, I exactly. What was the purpose of Elevated? Elevated is and was a a digital interface for the next generation of financial technologies so uh, it was conceptualized in 2020 i worked very hard to try and fundraise for it in 2021 uh, when the the end of 2020 beginning of 2021 an entire situation happened <laughs> rough kind time of rough time uh which i can I can describe as state intervention designed to systematically dismantle, sabotage, and destroy that business enterprise uh, in the United Kingdom. So the the purpose is that uh, you know, there's there's a lot of developments in technology and financial technology, especially uh, an entirely new paradigm reality when it comes to finances, wealth, economic activity, uh, artificial intelligence. And my thesis was, my proposition was that everything was so complicated that it's too difficult to understand for the every person. So uh, I, did, I uh, conceptualized, invented, and built out this uh, operating system, essentially, or a user interface for finances, including uh, wealth management, or operations, being able to, to use all the Techno you know, technological advances of predominantly decentralized finance, uh, but also just like elite tools of wealth management that have been around for over a decade and still are not available to the consumer. So the ultimate goal was to revolutionize every the universal experience of finances and financial technology through one single interface. That was okay. the premise of Elevated. <sighs> so just just for anyone who doesn't know you you were doing this in the uk correct correct uh, so so uh, <laughs> to answer that question properly i'll give you just a short background uh, into my 
geography. <laughs> um, so before uh, in, uh, 2019 to 2020, I was studying at the University of Manchester quantitative economics, That's game theory, finance, economics, wealth management and computing. Uh, and then uh, with the pandemic, uh, I just did a whole lot of a uh, macroeconomic analysis and playing around with the advent of decentralized finance, which was amazing, awesome opportunities, prosperity, but very inaccessible. And uh, you know, the same processes uh, everyone has to go through. So I figured, well, there's got to be some way to optimize this. So that was how Elevated was born, to elevate um, not individual liberty at this point, it was, but just individual power and, and discipline by through, um, you know, through systematic engineering. So you, you have a greater control uh, and then therefore wealth, prosperity, et cetera. Um, and so I started, I started that I was living in the United Kingdom. And then I, in the summer of, of 2020, with all the lockdowns, with all the tyranny, with the gym shut with, you know, you go for a walk in the national park and the police come and say, what are you doing here? <laughs> go home. Yeah. And I thought it's what a horrible place to exist. Uh, <laughs> in general, but especially since 2020. So I, I moved to uh, Bulgaria kind of serendipitously. I came out for a three-week holiday and loved it, so I stayed. <laughs> Unfortunately, while in Bulgaria, I got quite sick, which I can talk about in a bit. And I was, after, after months of battling through this sickness without being treated properly, uh, I, I decided I had to go back to the UK, get you know, private healthcare, uh, was diagnosed, treated, and uh, and then uh, through the national healthcare system, my company was reported to the authorities, and this was the genesis of this unwarranted persecution and state intervention into my legitimate and lawfully registered operating business idea at this stage, business idea, uh, where the National Health Service said I had to... Um, I had to justify the product services technology grandiosity is the word they used to them and give and essentially give them direct control over my enterprise, which I refused to do. So that was how I ended up back in the UK. Uh, what, I tried to what was their justification for that? So their justification is an um, I quote here that I that Adam presented with grandiose ideas about setting up a business and approaching highly placed people. Hence his referral to community mental health teams with which he refused or declined to engage. Wow. Okay. In any way they can spin it, right? Any way they can spin it. Um, that is, that is perhaps the least spin, uh, you know, distortion propaganda that's on there. Um, you know, they, they say that, um, no, here's, I've got the, the warrant they've got here. Uh, they say that I report being the CEO of several financial companies. Um, this, and this, as I was, so I was 20 at the time, uh, this, the impression from that is I am potentially hypomanic and lacking insight or you know maybe he's psychotic or I just can't believe uh, that, that a 20 year old can, can can possess the identity I was claiming to be 
in a and I was claiming to be in in passing to the general practitioner I had to go and see to pick up my prescription medication prescribed by a private healthcare professional for a physical disease. So an innocent an innocent remark when when a when a general practitioner who of the National Health Service uh, says, you know, what do you do for a living? You say, well, this is what I do. You give the elevator pitch. And as an entrepreneur, um, I was being taught every every second of your day, you're pitching, uh, you're practicing, yeah. you're pitching, you're, you're, you know. So I gave the pitch. I gave a pitch to a doctor and they said, I, they, they, the, the words haunting, they said to me, Adam, you are the most incredible person I've ever met in my life. I thought, well, that's, weird and inappropriate but i guess i'm flattered thank you very much and that was the report which which i've outlined uh, that i presented with grandiose ideas about setting up a business wow An elevator okay. pitch. and and so what what was the ultimate hang-up that the government ended up having about this what what was what was their position like their problem with you having these grandiose ideas it's it's difficult to articulate i can because i can give you many answers um essentially they had a report from this doctor and that was it and then there was no bureaucracy no evidence no nothing which could stop the encroachment of their tyranny other than compliance submission subservience which i refused to do for months, I refused to do this uh, until they finally had enough, <laughs> fabricated a warrant, which I have here, and uh, I woke up to be my, my home was surrounded by 10 agents of the state. Um, I, I was taken Ooh. off um, and, and questioned about my business. So the when you get down to it, <laughs> when you get down to it, I, I, I say, and this is uh, backed up by the uh, this is backed up by yes. the medical record that uh, it, it just it's just social mar uh, Marxist socialism <laughs> they just they just wanted my company or they wanted to direct my company or these people these lowly scum were so excited by the prospect of me that they've invented this boogeyman that they're able to justify anything that they're able to actually write down, we recognize that this warrant that we're getting is illegal and violates his fundamental human rights, yet we feel that we are totally justified in doing so. Um, I can, yeah, there's so much bullshit, so much evidence, so much <laughs> record that I'm able to, to say. Uh, but I think before we really dive into the weeds there, I think it's, perhaps more appropriate to start with um, my what I'm doing now to to kind of have the, the way that I'm I'll just I'll just dive into it the way that I'm speaking yeah, about all of this it. is um, because I've been compelled into just full-time human rights international law advocacy um, yeah do do you kind of want to give give the rundown of like where you are why 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 you're there and kind of like the, the last little while of what you've had to go through trying to seek asylum and that that sort of thing 
I, th I think we should get on to Asylum as the narrative progresses. I think let's just let's just set, uh, set up a grounding as to what it is that I've been up to so that I can inform the audience about the manner of which I'm speaking about these things, because it's all based in the record, in the evidence. Uh, and that's going to come through the narrative and people are going to wonder why. So let's just start with uh, the Liberty Rising Group. Uh, it's it's a non-profit organization, NGO and association with uh, a simple yet ambitious vision to establish liberty as uh, not merely an aspiration, but a lived reality for all. And how we're aiming to achieve that is that we are championing the indomitable human spirit by defending essential freedoms that underscore human dignity. We are confronting tyranny through litigation, through media, through development, uh, education, media, and uh, fostering uh, a platform and an informed citizenry. Through, through a dynamic network, we aim to, and we are relentlessly pursuing the cause of liberty and justice. This community we're building, Telegram, Twitter, socials, um, is rooted in the principles of freedom for all, responding not only to explicit threats like like uh, I character uh, you know exemplify but also subtle erosions of liberty yeah, to fortify a culture intrinsically resilient to tyranny so it's really it's a platform that has been forced into existence so that I may um, champion my case but also to build the platform elevate my status, my uh, the influence of the group, the authority, legitimacy, and ultimate power to champion liberty, to champion human rights, natural law, uh, ultimately, you know, affect public policy and, and uh, better the world through, through a non-profit organization. So when I talk about my case, which is the first mission, the diplomatic mission of, of uh, of the Liberty Rising group, it, it's because I've got hundreds of pages of lawsuits, hundred, uh, hundreds of pages of evidence that I've sifted through, sorted through, compiling together. Uh, and that's really uh, everything that I'm saying, all the allegations are supported by just pages and pages and pages of evidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything government. Any anything government, man, they they like to pump out the pages. So that's that's my present occupation. Um, where we left off in the story was you know trying to determine the root of the referral or the kind of the the assignment, I suppose. Yeah. I, I'm gonna let you pose a question and I'll chase after off, off that. So, so at this point, the, the state was coming after you. Um, you know, it is definitely difficult to determine exactly why um, even cases over here, um, it kind of just depends on who exactly is leading it. It could be anything from personal to uh, ideological or strictly political or any any manner of such so they they've got you in their radar and Correct. they they surround your house what happens after that 
they they serve you this warrant they surround your house and what happens so let's just give a let's just take a step back from surrounding the house because that's how do you get from being on the radar to having 10 agents of the state surrounding your house as four months of activity uh, of a prolonged campaign of harassment of unlawful surveillance of uh we don't have any evidence to support why we're going after him well we do have evidence to the contrary but we're going to ignore it disregard it we're just going to make things up so so the four months to get there uh, why was the state coming after you um so again um it's important to say that that i got on the radar and once you're on the radar you don't come off um why were they coming after me you know i've i i spoke to so let, let's just give um, a who's who. The United Kingdom has a government. It's a totalitarian government. Uh, I, I don't think there's a single inch of wilderness in England. <laughs> Prove me wrong. You can maybe find something <laughs> in the new forest, but <laughs> I don't think there's a single yeah. inch. Um, then they've got something called the National Health System, uh, National Health Service, which comprises over 10% of the economy. Um, you know, 11% national insurance contribution, but it's massive. And it's essentially, um, you know, universal healthcare. I, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's bad because it's not universal healthcare. It's yeah. universal government overreach, complete tyranny, where they believe they have the authority to, to control your lives in every way. You know, we're not just talking about your fat and we have to pay for obesity related problems. We're going to you know, impose sugar taxes based on this mandate. We're talking about, you know, I, I have had a report of a concern maybe about you, um, which extends beyond our mandate. But because we've heard about you and, and, and because this is a state agency in the UK, there is no checks and balances to keep them to yeah. keep them be. So what happens is. Um, I start off with with, with a phone call um, about my about my physical health disease. I have a disease called ulcerative colitis. It's an inflammatory bowel disease. This will be important later on in the story. It's a chronic condition, debilitating, severe pain, inflammation all along the bowels, uh, causes some quite nasty things. And this was back way when when I was first diagnosed. So being treated gastroenterologists, medicine, we're figuring out what's going on. I'm on um, prednisolone. I think the powerful, very nasty steroid treatment said my gastroenterologist. So when I go and pick up these prescription drugs from the general practitioner, as you need to, you can be treated privately in the UK, but you can only receive, pick up your prescription medications through the national healthcare system. Um, which could be innocuous, but actually it's very, very sinister because I speak to the GP. Um, mm-hmm. Here's my medicine. I said, look, this is my second course of prednisone. Uh, these were my symptoms on the first course. Is it possible that you can that you can just tell me some uh, some information about the f- effects of the medication? Can we have a, a, a call? Uh, can we have a can you discuss right now um, so I can more effectively mitigate and manage the disruptive um, effects of yeah. the medication completely says, reasonable ah. thing to ask <laughs> <laughs> and she says well 
I, I'm just a lowly general practitioner. I, I don't know anything about uh, prednisolone. Uh, but what I can do is I can set you up a meeting with a mental health consultant and they'll speak to you about, about the, the drug. Okay, sounds reasonable. I say, look, um, let's do this by the phone. I'm busy at work. I'm also trying to leave the country. Uh, I'm trying to sort out visas and things. Can we do this by phone? Yes. So what happens on the record? Um, not only uh, do I present as thought disordered by believing that I have a company being so incredible, um, that you know, just my mere charisma has left this massive impression on this on this uh, lowly GP, that she's not only gone and reported me as psychotic, but because I said I'm trying to get visas to go get back to Bulgaria or go to another country, um, she's written that I'm in touch with foreign governments. Uh, in touch with foreign government wow. yeah and then that's and quite then on the jump. record and then on the record they write he's trying to leave the country it would be greatly concerning should he leave right he has a passport we don't want him to go uh, this i only found out five months later i'm thinking damn <laughs> <laughs> i have a business and they're trying to you know i i i equate that to what's the purpose of them noting this? The only reason I can think saying it, it would be concerning should he leave the country. I think that's, you know, trying to get me on a no flight list, but there's no evidence that they had and didn't yeah. go any further. So from, from an innocuous meeting, nothing out of the ordinary, all of a sudden I'm on the radar. I've been um, attacked with what's known as an early intervention, but uh, being systematically lied to and told, you know, just to discuss your medication. I've been, there's been threats to put me on a no-fly list. All of a sudden, like that, I, I'm no, I, I'm not a citizen. I'm a subject under tyranny. And at this point, I didn't, I didn't even know. Um, I was just living my best life um, <laughs> in, in, in a great deal of physical pain. But having the time of my life as a 20 year old startup founder, having this incredible innovative uh, technology that I was very excited, proud of and you know, actively preparing to raise angel capital for. At this point, I was still building, I had still set up the, the base materials and I'd started to reach out to some, some leaders of the world, um, which, you know, I sent maybe 2000 outreach. 200 i got 200 responses 150 meetings and i, I converted some some you know in amazing unbelievable literally unbelievable people on on the you know the board of directors and uh speak in in discussions with uh, executives to go and actually build the technology so i speak to the mental health consultant and we talk about pred, uh, prednisone and he says, you know, it doesn't really tell me anything. And I, and I say, um, you know, while I've got you on the line, uh, I asked some questions about psychology of engineering experiences, which was part of my technology I was uh, implementing. Now, this was a mistake because what I had thought at that moment is um, here I am a citizen, uh, a, uh, a great citizen, um, you know, I've got a great, great company, everything lawfully, everything normal. Uh, I know I'm in perfect mental health at no risk to myself or others. This psychologist tells me you're in perfect mental health at no risk to yourself or others. However, I cannot 
cannot describe anything about uh, the high level of, of questions you're asking about prednisolone. I'm just a psychologist. Uh, sorry, you're a really nice conversation, but this is the problem with universal healthcare. This was not a healthcare practitioner. This was not someone with my health with my health in in mind. Uh, he is a agent of the government, agent of the state. Uh, you know, and when we speak to law enforcement, we have this in mind. Anything you say can and will be used against you. When you go for for a routine health uh, you know health discussions of perfectly legitimate you know, physical disease. You're not you're not anticipating that everything you say can and will be used against you and distorted into the most insane manner. And in my case, I was painted as a complete boogeyman. So when we talk about why why ten agents, I think five or six policemen, four or five um, approved mental health practitioners, ten people for me. Um, why? <laughs> because they painted me as, as an, an absolute boogeyman. So, as, as what so, so after you spoke to the psychologist, um, it, it kind of sounds like there, there were, uh, what, what we call over here in the States, red flag laws, which mm -hmm. is, it, which is basically, you know, putting you on the radar to be able to say, you know, this person is of concern and then they usher it off to another part of the state to where they can investigate. And then that's what led up to your four months before they came and surrounded your house. Correct. So the red flags um, is I have a startup company, right? So, um, <laughs> so innocuous. <laughs> so they didn't believe the company was real. Therefore, if the company is not real, I'm delusional. And because of the grandiose nature, it's possibly psychotic. So I'm delusional and psychotic, hypermanic with no insight. Um, based on one general practitioner who says you are the most incredible person I've ever met based on, based on, uh, based on the elevator pitch. <laughs> so, I mean, that, right, that I, seems I, I, like I, such a backhanded compliment now, you know, <laughs> like so, that, that person set in motion, such a terrible series of events that, you know, without all of that, it's like, okay, well, like you said, it's kind of inappropriate, but thank you. But I mean, now with what resulted in that, it's kind of a backhanded compliment. 20th of January, uh, staff attempt to complete an assessment through telephone call. He reported he could not understand why people, quote, did not fathom his existence and said he couldn't believe I am who I am, I am, or something. So that, that's what they're on about. Um, he reports being the CEO of several financial companies worth millions. Uh, people, we don't believe him. He had a telephone conversation where he reports being special and intelligent. <laughs> um, he doesn't want involved. He, he was, he'd been, I, I got food poisoning. So they say he's been, po he believes he's been poisoned by assassins in Eastern Europe. <laughs> so I got food poisoning, okay. <laughs> which, which triggered a disease, causing me to have to go back. And I said, "Look, I got food poisoning triggering this disease." So okay, so he's 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 got he says he's the CEO of a, of a startup company. He's in, he's talking to foreign governments, and he believes he was the subject of a targeted assassination attempt, poisoning, and that's it. Those are the red flags. Um, <laughs> 27th of January, when I spoke with the, the second one, um, 
Discussion with Dr. Klimach, they felt there were no direct risks to himself or others were identified. However, there is clear financial vulnerability because I, because I, you know, am dealing in cryptocurrencies and, and capital and, and finance and technology. So because I am dealing with significant amounts of money through online financial dealings, I may cause harm to my social capital and being untreated will carry risk of further deterioration of his mental state. So because I had more money than them, my own business, because these red flags, which is he has a, he has a, an innovative startup company, he's been food, he's had food poisoning and he's trying to leave the country speaking with government. All of these things, again, <laughs> all very reasonable when, when you hear it from me. I, I had a company, I built a company, um, I went to Bulgaria, set it up, was doing things, had to go back to the UK, trying to leave. So <laughs> they say, well, you know, here's what's going on. And because um, he has a, because he has a company, if he's untreated, there are risks to his finances. Now, who is assessing these risks? Social workers or socialists. And <laughs> especially in where I was living at the time, Manchester, uh, very, very left-wing, very Marxist people. Um, whereas I, at the time, had half, um, almost a decade in wealth management, dealing with uh, six-figure portfolios, working uh, in for independent for award-winning independent financial um, IFAs advisors, working in the recruitment for you know some of the top multi-billion-dollar hedge funds. Um, I went to university studying economics, finance, <laughs> quantitative economics, uh, etc. I got my own business dealing with uh, with an innovative technology for revolutionizing wealth wealth management for individuals. But I, I have no no real risks other than a financial vulnerability, and this is. <laughs> So that's the that's the red flag that's come through on the 27th of April. So uh, I, I I say I don't want to don't want to speak about this. Oh, so so yeah, I, I don't want to speak about this. Like we're done. You've uh, your conduct has been disgusting, inappropriate, illegal, criminal, disgusting. Basically, I realized that um, what they said was you're not on the television. You're not on ITV like Richard Branson. If you were who you said you were, a startup founder, I would know about you. My well, that's funny because I haven't done any public relations yet. <laughs> I, I've reached out to industry people to get them on my board of, of directors and try and build up an executive team for a new startup company. Uh, I, you know, I've been asked. You know, you can why, spend... why would you do any public relations up to that point? That would be a, a waste of money. <laughs> yeah. So, so I didn't. Um, you, you, I mean, you know, I get the when you list yourself as a CEO or a founder on LinkedIn, you get a lot of emails saying five hundred dollars, thousand dollars will put you as CEO of the year, startup founder of the year. I never spent money on that. Why would I want to? Why would I need to? So ultimately, it came down to in this call, in this telephone phone call with uh, a member of the early intervention service of the Greater Manchester Mental Health NHS Foundation Trust. Um, 
They said, on balance of probability, I don't believe you. I said, well, on balance of probability, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. that is that is a complete uh, a complete contravention of any and all standards of of ethics and and quality care. There's illegal for you to say this is this is crap uh, how dare you never contact me again um i make a formal report to the nhs which of course strongly worded letters do nothing um what's the first thing they do they phone up my mother excuse me um are you aware your son believes he has a startup company yes <laughs> who are you who is this yes he has a startup company so what they write is that um, you know, spoke to the mother who has affirmed the existence of his company. She's insane. Uh, something known as folly adieu, which means that uh, my psycho my uh, alleged state of psychosis has infected someone else who lives four hundred miles away from me um, because uh, I don't know. So because she said yes, my son is real. She's condemned as clinically insane. This is how they work. So. <laughs> they, they've got a red flag they go investigate they see evidence to the contrary she's insane they're both they're both you know, absolutely not it's very easy to determine whether or not my company is real you can do it right now the, the uk company register is publicly available you can type in my name which is actually adam maxwell sheldon um and you will find uh, luminary ventures limited uh, a startup company uh, registered for financial securities dealing with own account as well as being a holding company of financial technology companies just like that oh he has a company food poisoning triggering a stomach disease that makes sense as the main one of the main reasons uh for the onset of my disease is you you're exposed to some kind of environmental factor triggering it mm. with underlying genetic predispositions uh, and, and speaking to foreign governments, because I'm trying to get the hell out of this hellhole known as the United Kingdom. No red flags, no nothing. Again, here, the 27th of January, no direct risks to himself or others. Okay? Take that evidence. Formal complaint to the NHS. Take that evidence. However, that's not what happened. Um, I have to continuously get medicine from the GP. Um, she writes that my going mountain climbing, or I think at this point, I just went for a walk in not, e not even mountains in, in the UK, really. They've got a few mountains in the Lake District and Snowdonia and Scotland, of course. But I was living in Manchester where there's the Peak District, which are like 600, 800 meters, uh, not of elevation, but just altitude. So it's this GP after lying, um, reporting me as um oh gosh it gets the more details i remember the worse it gets not only am i speaking to foreign governments not only has she uh, reported that i was that i believe that i uh was the subject of a targeted assassination attempt but she says that i don't have a company i have a cult an online cult because now i believe this came from you know the elevator pitch i gave at the time said the application cultivates discipline in its users so I think she's taken that and said, just bullshit, bullshit. Anything you say can and will be used against you. All state agents. Yeah. Scum. Any, any, anything you say will be spun to, uh, 
make make up our narrative. <laughs> into the, and and in my case, and I'm sure in a lot of other cases, into the worst possible narrative, into the worst possible narrative. And there's nothing you can do to to counter it. Um, but yeah, who so, who do you go to? And you know, they're, they they so they are who you're supposed to go to in instances of corruption. But when you know the Watchmen are corrupt. So I go for a walk in the hills and this gets reported as I've been on a danger walk. Um, there's a concern of financial vulnerability as I am having you know, running a business online outside of their scope. Um, they're, so from this point, they're, they're trying they're like, look, we, we need to try and engage with you. I've told them this off. I'm not never speak to me again. What, what are you doing? This is this is uh, illegal, right? Reported to the NHS, um, and I just kind of ignored it, right? These people, they have no no mandate. There's no lawful reason for what they're doing. They have no authority. I just call them lunatics, which they were and they are. But here's the thing about the state: um, they are unbound. You know, I the the only delusion I had at this time was believing I had human rights. Uh, believing that the state apparatus in any way would be there to protect, support, or at the very least not totally violate me um, in some of the worst ways possible, in atrocities, crimes against humanity. Um, I was very wrong, especially in the UK, which you know, we call it the nanny state. And that's kind of, you know, my, my nanny, she was the sweetest woman I've, I've ever known, uh, loved her greatly. Uh, she, she only ever wanted the best for me. The, the government nanny state, it's entirely the opposite, it, especially in my case, but you know, just pick up a history book. The most malevolent force <laughs> that you come up against. Completely authoritarian. So, so they keep phoning me saying, you know, we need to we need to assess you. We need to assess you. I'm like, no, go away. Um, you know, I, I'm busy. I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to run my business. I'm trying to talk to these people. Uh, so apparently, this says after being phone being phone called and harassed uh, by a Yasmin Udin, they'd made telephone contact with me. Um, a young ma a young male with very grandiose delusions. Uh, he said that his business, a financial technology startup company that is data centric, um, is worth four million pounds. Um, and is speaking with UK's top top leads, uh, believing he has great talent uh, and will uh, soon be powerful. Okay, <laughs> twenty year old startup entrepreneur. Um, they keep they keep trying to harass me with phone calls at first. Uh, the the team referred him for a mental health act, trying to engage his mother. His mother says go away. Um, they keep trying to, they, they keep phoning uh, Adam over the phone saying, you're harassing me, uh, complain, we'll get my lawyers involved. Neither conversation lasted more than a couple minutes. He sounds increasingly brittle and irritatable. When I propose we meet in person to discuss his mental health, he shouted no and hang up. So we were How dare, to how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how dare, who are these people? So, yes. so uh, I was referred for a mental health act, apparently, where they now start turning up at my house. So I'm down in London at the time because I had an office down in London, but my rented accommodation was up in Manchester for two reasons. One, I went to university there the year before, so I was tied into a rental contract. Uh, two, London is 
awful. Manchester's, the governance is even worse, but at the very least with a car, there's Snowdonia two and a half hours to the west and uh, the Peak District 42, 40 minutes an hour east. So at least you could get out into the fresh air. Um, but you know, my, my housemate phones me up. There's uh, the government's at the door looking for you. And I told them you're in London, which you shouldn't have done because now I'm being tracked going from Manchester to London. Yep. Um, but in total, there are 20 occasions where they keep going to, to, to my house, phoning me up, phoning up my mother, coming to my house. Um, I made a complaint to the police um, saying, I feel alarmed, har harassed, alarmed and distressed. Now, this is a meme in England where there is a public order offense where if you say, I, I feel alar harassed, alarmed and distressed, anyone can be arrested for anything. So if you're in the street wearing a, a t-shirt that says, I love freedom, and someone says, I feel alarm, uh, harassed, alarmed and distressed by that, they phone the police, that person be arrested. Uh, lately, we've seen a lot of protests where someone said uh, that the problem with Islam is that Muhammad consummated his marriage with a nine-year-old. About 50 to 100 um, Islamic individuals from Midland, uh, East Midlands, I believe it's Hull, uh, no, I, maybe York, Humber, somewhere around there, come and swarm the guy. He gets arrested, public order offence, causing alarm, harassment and distress to all these, this violent mob. So the oh, police come. <laughs> so the police come over, I phone up the police, I'm being harassed and they write, you know, he, he says he's being harassed because these um, state agents think they're, they're jealous of him or something is the takeaway that they got from it. I said, you know, they're attacking me for my business. I have no, I phone up the police, right? They, I'm being harassed by the mental, by, by mental health nuts of the National Health Service. They're trying to come after my business. I'm not telling, I'm not going to tell them anything about my business. They have no right to demand this. Yeah. Um, but the police, they don't, don't do anything. So, uh, second attempt for a mental health assessment, they come to my door, four or five of them wearing masks, COVID. Well, when you get five random people you have no idea with coming to your house uh, saying, tell us about your business. Um, it says, I slammed the door in their face and told them, will you fuck off? I'm calling the police. <laughs> so I called the police. Um, no one from the early intervention service should ever get in touch or attempt to visit me again. They need to piss off stated that four people turned up at his house. Uh, he's peaceful. He contacted the police who came and gave an hour long statement, which concluded with with um, on their body cam all recorded. You know, this does sound alarming, har harassment, distressing. Sorry to hear. However, uh, you are being attacked by the state. Therefore, this is not a criminal matter and you will be afforded no protection by the police which of course is complete bullshit. Um, actually, the international law says I have reported a credible account of ill treatment, maltreatment and persecution by the government authorities. That's supposed to go all the way up. They have to intervene. It's a criminal law, yeah. Article 3 of the UN CAP. They say it's the state that's violating you. I don't think this is a, a maybe this isn't a criminal matter, we're, which it is. Uh, we're not going to help you. You're on your own. Uh, so essentially, you are persona non grata outside the protection of the law from the 11th of March 2021. I'm an outlaw. Uh, 
I no longer have any rights. I, I'm not a citizen, I'm hardly a subject. I'm just... <laughs> a nomad, basically. Not a nomad, because uh, an outlaw, a, a, an invalid, I, I don't have any rights. Um, a, a toy, just something completely violated. So they they, they uh, keep trying to come after me. So uh, so, so they took they took away your legal personhood. Correct, correct. Um, by the way, I've asked in. So this was March. I asked in May, and I'm pretty sure before then, I want that recording. They have to give me that recording by law. You've deleted the recording. What do you mean you've deleted the recording? Destroyed. Isn't that so, convenient? Well, that's not the only thing that's destroyed, uh, but none, nonetheless, right? So let's let's uh, start speeding things up. So, yep. what am I doing at this time? Uh, I'm trying to reach out to lawyers, but you know, I don't have that much money. All my money's gone on my business, into my business. I need to pay for this and that and that. I'm not paying for. You know, uh, I wish. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing to take away is if you are being harassed, go go make up a stink, do something on social media, do something um to protect your rights get a lawyer any way you can um i went to so i went to the nhs uh, were, uh, the nhs said we're going to take your complaint we're going to give you a legal advocate to take the complaint further i thought okay fine we'll do that couple phone calls uh, i went to the police several times uh you know phone them up uh, oh it's adam we're not going to talk to you i said no put a sergeant on the phone right now uh give me a sergeant I get to a sergeant uh, we're not helping you piss off Damn. Uh, and again, I'm not taking any of this seriously. Um, you know, I, 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 I tell my one business partner, and he says, you know, it's, what the heck is concerning? Mental health freaks are lunatics are turning up at your door. Well, yeah, but <laughs> concerning, but they're, they're mentally ill. I don't know what to yeah. do here. I phone up the early intervention service. I say, hey, I'm not going to engage with your thugs. I'm going to engage with you directly, the administration. Go right to the top. Her name was Joanne Wright. Uh, I say, hi, you know, this is me. I'm Adam. This is my company. Go look it up. I, you have no mandate to do this. Why are you doing this? You're doing this because you, you, you want my company. You want to assess my company technology. That's what your people have said. You're not going to get that from me. I'm not giving you that. My company's real. None of your business. Get, get away. And they, uh, nothing was, was done. So what I did is I got my business partner to phone up and verify, affirm that I'm real, that my business is real. You need to leave our CEO alone. Um, nothing happened. So they keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, at this point, they're trying to get this warrant. And they say, well, can we get a warrant? Well, actually, we have no evidence that he, we, we do not, the professionals do not feel there are any grounds to request this warrant. And... It may be that he is not mentally ill because there's no evidence for this, but his GP says that he is. So one maligned actor um, who, I who I believe is a terrorist, um, one actor, agent of the state, has the full support of the state using the full weight of the state against me. So what so we know that we don't have any evidence. We haven't even looked up his company in the company's house register, which again, you, you can all do that. Um, <laughs> we found the, his, his flatmate says he's real. 
His company's phoned up, says he's real. He's got the police involved. His mother says he's real. We keep harassing her, harassing him. Phone calls in person, right, which is assault, harassment, surveillance. They're tracking. I go for a run. Rather than saying he's wow, he's running, he's you know keeping up some some degree of discipline. Uh, they say um, when they turn up to my house, I'm in a three-piece pinstripe suit. So you know he's talking to voices in his head. So I got headphones. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm running, they say he's looking scruffy <laughs> because I'm in a tracksuit running around the neighborhood. Um, Every, they're just what they've so what they did is they don't have grounds for a warrant so let's just make it up so they start they, i get this um what do they call it care coordinator oh care coordinator to start surveilling me i go to the shops and she's on my street taking notes about what i'm wearing um i'm wearing a, a really nice mountaineering coat with a uh, goose down she says he's in a t-shirt and a goose down it's winter uh, this is a very big fluffy coat. He, he's probably looking, he's looking disheveled. I'm like, this is a $500 coat. <laughs> yeah. It's very warm, very nice. So, you know, he can't look after himself. We're looking through his windows. He's got two dishes piled up in the afternoon. He's in meetings all day, goes down to eat, does it in the evening to, wind, to unwind. Um, making up, making up, making up, but they still, we've tried to get a warrant. We don't have enough. So the GP says, completely complete bullshit um he's got a history of extreme violence although he's at university although he was at university he's been expelled from school for violently assaulting a, a pupil uh he's been expelled uh and you know to violently assault a pupil you know in today's day that could be that uh, it could be to, to accuse someone of violent assault that's, that that's maybe tantamount to to uh, attempted murder right so anywhere from there None of it's true. Never been expelled from school, never got into violent fights, um, completely bullshit, completely made up. What happened was I phoned up saying, um, I have not been this distressed in five years. I haven't lost my temper like this in five years. You have to cease and desist. So not only does she do that, that that's that's um, enough to add this red flag. But then she goes ahead and says, because I said you, you have to cease and desist, uh, she says, He's hired a hitman to kill us all. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now, I've got the voice recording. I, I did not say anything along. I said, you need to stop this. Uh, I, you know, if, you, if you barge in my house, I'm not going peacefully. That's, which may have been a mistake to say. But that's all I said. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been very civil, nonviolent, peaceful. I've got, you need to, you, I said to the GP, I, I've gone through every bureaucracy every administration and they tell me you're the one that's to blame so you need to get get in touch and stop this and so she says he's got he's hired a hitman to kill us all uh be vigilant and uh, that goes to the care coordinator who looks me up online finally and she actually finds a video of me or of my company pitching about the business saying uh, everything that we're up to here's our business plan here's the team here's what here's everything you need to know because we're looking to raise money my business partner was the one that hosted the video under a different name and he's asian he was asian or well, he is asian but my, he's no longer my business yeah. partner so they, so they're right we found this video of him under this different name so now we know what he looks like be vigilant at your offices i'm not paying them any attention i'm focused fully on my company so now all of a sudden um from he's at no risk but maybe financial he's got a company 
Um, and they say, you know, it may be that he has a, a, comp a startup company. I'm unable to assess this by phone. None of your business. Um, we need to assess this company. Needs to technology. Knock, knock. No, off. Um, all of a sudden, they've now invented this paper trail. We're saying I'm running in tracksuits. Uh, I'm now a risk to myself. Uh, threat to himself and others and uh, financial vulnerability risk, which is complete crap. Uh, they now get a warrant and my house is surrounded. Now, the fascinating thing about this warrant, uh, which I've always maintained was totally illegal, but I only received this last month. Um, duty of disclosure. Is there anything of which you might be aware that might reasonably be considered capable of undermining any of the grounds of this application or for some any other reason might affect the court's decision? Any the credibility information? No. Any. Nothing. Right, that warrant, <laughs> completely illegitimate. <laughs> um, due process. If, if, you know, if they took me to court and said, look, you know, here's, here's our reasoning. We need to assess your technology. Um, get a court order, speak to us. All right, fine. You know, completely illegal, but you got me. Nothing else to do. No due process. Here's a warrant. We've, we've harassed him 20 times. He's refused to engage with us. And, and we've spun this awful narrative uh, where they've painted me as an insane boogeyman uh, who's, who's a, a murderous psychopath, all from, all from, I have an elevator pitch about an exciting startup company. And again, these people, Marxist socialists, to them, this was the time of their life. I was very exciting to them. They got nothing else going on. Um, and they are so virtuous. They are just here looking out for my interest. So everything that they're reading, all these doubts, all these contradictions, all the evidence against their proposition, they never had an ounce of, of um, critical thinking, an ounce of due yeah. process, well, an ounce of legal they're Marxists. <laughs> of course, of course, there's no critical thinking. <laughs> Just build it up, build it up. So that's how on the 29th of April 2021, I woke up to my house surrounded by 10 agents of the state for a warrant that allows them to enter my home and assess my mental state, which is important. We'll put a, th a thumbtack in there. That's the, the section 135 warrant. So I say, look, I'm coming out, I'm coming out. Uh, meet me around the front, <laughs> slip out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> um, they weren't happy with this. They write in the police record that I dove headfirst out the window. It's the only how I could have uh, got them like this, which wow. the back, back door was left open because I ran, ran to the park run to the public place, which means that this warrant, which is invalid in the first place, they have no authority to detain me in a public place, only at my home, which the police have actually admitted. I think that's shaky, <laughs> my argument. Yeah. They said, no, we admit that we needed a section 136 to detain you in a public place. Don't worry. Um, so I get detained. Uh, what's the detention like uh, in UK? Uh, I, I run for as long as I can, 15, 20 minutes, eventually. Uh, I, I'm trying to get to these sewers. I don't get there in time, out of breath. I hide in some bushes. They catch me, pepper spray out. Didn't didn't go off, but right in the face. Yeah, <sighs> you got me. I don't want to get pepper sprayed. So I get yeah. roughed up. My gl glasses get taken away, handcuffed, thrown in a van, taken off to a, to a hospital at Manchester Royal Infirmary, accident and emergency. Um, hey, you know, my glasses. You don't wear glasses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, all this, look, 
you know, th there is an argument to be said that, well, you know, some of those red flags, you know, you, you say you've got a, a business that's worth a lot, like some of these things, maybe they are crazy. If there's any doubt as to the motives of the persecution, of, as to the illegitimacy of it all, um, this is the first thing said in the sectioning notes. We took Adam to Manchester Royal Infirmary A&E, uh, where he was detained. We discussed his business. It's the first thing they say. Uh, you go through the notes. They say, actually, you know, they tell us. So th this is, <laughs> uh, people say it's like a James Bond movie. They say, tell us, uh, tell us about your business. I'm not telling about my business. I want a lawyer. I need, uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have the right to a lawyer. You've been detained under the Mental Health Act. Uh, you don't have the right to a lawyer. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> da, da, da. Um, I, I don't have any rights. Okay, who are you working for? Tell us about your company technology. I'm not doing anything. Say, so, look, why don't you all tell me your names? They stand up, they say, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And this lady says, uh, I'm Julie Dillon and I'm the one that got the warrant. So I went, all right, well, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and you, <laughs> fuck you. There's <laughs> four police outside. I say, if there weren't police right there, uh, I'd fuck you all up. Uh, sorry for the language, but that, that's, no, you're quite, good. that's what happened. So they, they write down, he's, uh, he's calm, but grandiose and condescending, verbally abusing the, um, the health professionals present. So, <laughs> oh, so I've been detained, deprived of my liberty. And again, before before they executed the warrant, we recognize that this that executing this warrant has implications for Adam's uh, human rights, specifically Article 5 and 8, the right to privacy and liberty. However, we believe our intervention is proportionate due to his mental illness. So again, everything they've said, right, uh, We maybe he's mentally ill, although he's not, although there's no evidence, although the GP, so one person says so, taken. I'm, I'm now in their clutches. I say, uh, I'm in agonizing pain, either uh, the stress, the distress of the situation. I've been taken in the morning. I don't have, uh, I didn't take my medicine. I'm in agonizing pain. Um, it felt as though my body was in, on fire from the inside out. I'd never been in this much pain. Uh, maybe, maybe when I was originally uh, food poisoning, although I didn't have the mental distress then, uh, and yeah. maybe uh, maybe one time in October of 2020, but never been this much pain in my life, I don't believe. Uh, I, I need medicine. They say, all right, here, here's how it's going to work. You can't have a lawyer. You don't have the right to that. If you engage in our assessment, we'll give you medicine. <laughs> give us what we want, and we'll we'll give you your medicine. Right, that, which, that, that, that is wicked. That is wicked. And that is the definition of torture to inflict severe mental, yes. physical, psychological anguish for the purpose of coercion or extracting information from uh, someone. So, it's, so I've been punished by refusing to engage in their assessment for the four months until then. And then I'm in assessment. Fuck you. I'm not telling you anything. Okay. Well, you don't have a lawyer. You're not going anywhere. We, we're here all day. You're in pain. Engage, talk through our assessment and you'll get your medicine. Okay. Again, I'm not telling you anything about my business. <laughs> Tell us about your business. Who are you working for? Who are you working with? What are your plans? Tell us about, and this is in their, in their records, in their notes, um, the, uh, we want substantial information about the products and services that you intend on offering to, to prospective customers. Uh, 
Um, they say I'm well versed in economics and technology and speaking volubly in impressive sounding terms, but we don't believe any of it. That was it. Uh, they, they asked me about my business. They said, tell us about your, um, this poisoning incident. Uh, you, you know, you have ulcerative colitis. I'm like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, give me my medicine. Um, I said, you know, were you poisoned? I said, no comment, none of your business. Um, they asked me, no comment, none of your business. What, uh, what I ended up doing is I said, I'm not going to tell you anything about my business. I'm not telling you a thing. I will tell you about the nature of my business in order that I may verify the credibility of my existence, my identity, that I'm real and you can let me out and you can go to hell. Uh, so that's what I did. I said, look, I'm not going to tell you anything about my business, but what's going on is there's financial technology, there's cryptocurrencies, there's all these new problems in the world that need a solution. Yeah. And what I'm doing is I'm, I built this platform, uh, it's a, it's a user interface that's solving that. And they asked me a bunch of questions. And basically what, what they get at is um, they start accusing me of, they start accusing me of engineering a financial scam, which is either uh, an international financial tyranny or is designed to facilitate either international money laundering or terrorist financing. And they say, ultimately, that I'm wow. posing a threat to the national security interests of the United Kingdom by through the attempt to build a platform that's giving financial control to the people and taking it away from banks and, and them. Oh my like, I, I get accused of being an agent of the Mossad. <laughs> uh, and that threat to national security, an agent of the Mossad, who are you working for? Who are you working with? Uh, tell us about your osteoarthritis. And so the purpose of a section interrogation of the Mental Health Act is all about assessing company, technology, uh, physical health condition, no, cognition and mental health. Again, all in their notes, we did not even assess his cognition. We did not assess his cognition. It is evident that he is uh, grossly oriented in time and place and there are no uh, perceptual abnormalities uh witnessed so so i'm i'm in custody i've been handcuffed taken there handcuffs came off uh being physically tortured of course mental psychological torture i'm not telling you about my company you're all these awful things you're a terrorist essentially you don't have any rights yeah. you're not allowed lawyer and not giving you we're depriving you of your medicine um tell us about personal things why would i tell you anything none of your business I'm not giving you any substantial information what they've written okay well uh he's grossly oriented in time and place we don't know what's wrong with him uh he is definitely unwell because the identity he's purporting is insane um a startup founder right not uh, i'm a woman <laughs> not i'm black <laughs> i think i have a company so yeah. that identity is clearly insane um because of that i am uh because i, I i'm I'm potentially, I'm seeking investment online. I'm a risk, a I pose a financial risk to myself because of everything we discussed. I'm a risk to myself and others. Um, diagnosis I mean, the, unclear. The fact that they are Marxist, this actually does make sense because you're you're trying to participate in the in the marketplace. And all of that to a true Marxist could be considered terrorism from their 
from their standpoint. You know, uh, I, I've, I've heard people claim that working for a wage is tantamount <laughs> to slavery. So, I mean, it, as crazy as it is, it makes sense that this would all be coming from Marxist. As crazy as it is, it makes sense. That will be important later on in the story. And, you know, everything I've said to you, you know, to, you know, I've, the, my story until then, crazy as it is, that makes sense. Nothing um, incoherent, no contradictions, uh, just impressive, amazing. Um, for example, the, um, I mean, the, the people I had on my board, the world leading actuary, um, the uh, the retired risk manager, uh, managing director for risk of, um, I believe it's KPMG and his partner for anti-money laundering, uh, a, pres a president of a World Trade Center, um, the lead for capital markets, uh, capital markets, financial technology, something about Enron and 2008. This guy was very impressive. He, I, I asked him to be the chairman, he declined. A very impressive board of director, very impressive technology. I didn't even give away the, the secret source of it. Um, crazy even, uh, impressive, beyond the comprehension of most ordinary people. They, you know, I, don't mean to to, I, don't, I don't mean to talk myself up at all, but it's just how it is, clearly, evidently. But it makes sense. <laughs> it's all, it, it all follows logically. Uh, it's just beyond their comprehension. And I don't have to justify myself to social workers when I'm the financial prof professional. I say you're, you're a financial vulnerability risk we, and we want social technology. Now, what's very funny, again, before, before I get into imprisonment, incarceration in a psychiatric hospital, um, we've, m m this big file down here, most of that is um, attempts to gain any accountability in the United Kingdom. And we, you know, we complain, complain, complain to all authorities, and they've all, all covered up, closed ranks, massive whitewash, national conspiracy. What they ultimately said is, um, it's not that we didn't believe you had a company. It's that we perceived it to be grandiose. And that, that was the concern. So it wasn't the fact that, you know, again, there's several flags. By whose standards? About, you know, grandiose by, by general, whose? Like, by the general practitioner. Wow. And and just just to be clear, so this this general practitioner, I mean, she's not somebody high up right like she's just kind of like an entry level oh so where where who, who this general practitioner was um i went to university university of manchester they have the cheapest student accommodation called oak house her practice is attached to the cheapest student accommodation at one of one of if not the largest sing, uh, single campus is in the in the united kingdom and that, that's that's her practice um, she's no one. She's she. Um, my grandfather called her like a, a back a back garden backwater. Uh, no one GP. That's who she is. Um, <laughs> no, we've Smart reported man. all her conduct. <laughs> Here's what we. You know, Here's um. Here's the lies she said. Here's everything she's done. And the NHS say they they got her business partner to investigate, and her, and um some Dr. Muhammad, and they said, maybe some things happen, but no wrongdoing. She, she, she acted in your interest. So she's had no 
no action against her for all of these crimes. Now, every crime I can talk about, she's complicit in all of them, and she's been the main driver. She's the one that has borne false witness, ultimately, triggered it all, pushed it all. Again, they say, we, we haven't found, in four months of investigation, we found no evidence to support her claims. But the GP is saying continuously. And then she's gone and escalated it um, with perjury. Right? This warrant uh, is perjured and illegitimate yeah. the perjury is he's he's uh we can finally get this warrant because he has uh threat physically threatened us with a hitman um yeah he he has stated expressly he does not want involvement from services he's called oh this this is crazy listen to this um he has now refused uh despite numerous attempts from the early intervention service adam's engagement has been extremely limited at best he is now refusing all offers of support, inclusive of medication, and has called the police on a couple of occasions, many occasions, stating he is being harassed for being an exceptionally intelligent person, and the early intervention service are jealous of him. He has expressly stated he does not want involvement from the services. Medication! Fuck <laughs> 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 right. um, off! Why do I need engagement with the services? You want to assess my company. You want to direct my company. I have a board of directors I'm answering to every... And uh, mind you, this is like the medical wing. And they're interested in the technology, which not their place at all. The (laughs) grandiosity of the overall enterprise. Now, listen, maybe, devil's advocate, maybe they had a point, you know, innovative technology, revolutionary, you know, Maybe you, you were a threat to the national security of the financial system. Okay, well, where was the financial or technology or business professional in my section interrogation? <laughs> Only approved mental health practitioners whom are all Marxists who have all been on that original troop, that gang to attack me for four months. There was no objectivity. So what happened was uh, when, you know, they said, give us your medicine, uh, t- tell us about your business and we'll, and we'll give you your medicine. I say, and this is all in, in their records. Um, okay, I-, I will tell you about my company. I will pass with flying colors, bam, medicine. I, I thought, you know, <laughs> I could talk my way through it. Uh, here's proof that I'm real. I can answer every question of yours. I can't understand what problem you have but they are all deranged. They are literally insane. They are the lunatics that run the asylum. There is no due process, no objectivity. They're all on this ideological prejudice agenda, not only to attack me, but most importantly, to attack this boogeyman, which they had invented. Now, I've had I've been compelled into a lot of psychology. I, I was doing... It's not by me phoning up my mother and telling her I have a company over a year. Um, it's by by having all these people uh, rowing on the same boat, no critical thinking, they're all together, there's no outside voices of reason. So it's all unreasonable, it's all ideological, and clearly there is no basis in mental health or medical care, um, which constitutes torture alone. <laughs> Uh, let alone everything else. So I, I get taken off to a psychiatric hospital. I'm told you're here for two weeks. Uh, you can see a tribunal in eight days earliest. And that's it. 
you have no rights. You're uh, you're not allowed outside. You're locked up. Um, Sayonara. I had business meetings with venture capitalists who were interested in investing in the company. I'm in a psychiatric hospital. Um, I still don't have my medicine. My parents, my, my father drives up that the, the, the night 29th. My mother gets a train, I believe, the next day. Uh, I, I, my phone's on very low percentage. Uh, I managed to phone my mother. I've been kidnapped by the government. Come, come help. Uh, and I don't have any medicine. They're torturing me. So she goes, so they go through my residential address, pick up the medicine, get to the, get to the internment camp is what it is, right? Uh, uh, an incarceration without any judicial process. So an internment camp, uh, get there for nine o'clock. I'm still sleeping. Here's his medicine. Give it to him. They don't give it to me. <laughs> They've taken away my phone. Uh, my mother's now brought the, the charger. It gets charged by the end. Um, no medicine. Um, I undergo an extensive psychiatric review, uh, evaluation by someone called Dr. Sh Dr. Shah. Uh, he says, it gets to me in the afternoon. He says, well, I'm sorry, it's the afternoon. I've spent all morning doing extensive due diligence on you. Um, and this is direct quote from him in the discharge summary one week after I was released, so the 7th-ish of May, 2021, there was so much substantial evidence to support your existence identity that you are either the most marvelous scam or uh, fraud or scam or fraud artist of the 21st century, or much easier, you're just legitimate. So I undergo an extensive hmm. psychiatric I wonder review. which one. <laughs> an extensive what's more what's more unreasonable what's more reasonable an extensive psychiatric review which finds that I, my company is legitimate everything i've said is real i have no symptoms of any signs of any mental illness whatsoever um everything i've said is backed up i, I show my instagram i show my linkedin or well, he found my linkedin he found he, the first thing he did company's house adam oh he's <laughs> i was released that day I was released, uh, uh, I think, at 5.15 in the afternoon. Uh, I was released, I, I was given the discharge release at about 5. At 5.15, they finally said, here's your medication. I've been in relentless, brutal uh, physical agony as though my body were on fire the whole day. Uh, as a result of this, I ended up having to, to need two private operations to assess the damage and make sure nothing nothing too bad occurred uh, because there are potentially life-threatening complications if you leave yeah. it let, leave it untreated um like that and especially it gets flared up by stress or distress so i get released and the, and the, the, the doctor who releases me he's legitimate there are no grounds whatsoever to to justify this in fact if i just pull up the uh, i get released he says I'm going to release you. I want you to go home, have one night's sleep, and run. These people are after you. Run. That's what we do. We go home, we order a takeaway, uh, we pack up, pack up as much as we can from my home, and we would go back to London. Um, so one week later, he debriefs me. He says uh, that the 
the it was an evil persecution by sick fantasists that i have this disease is what what uh you know caused the this this uh, accusation of poisonous assassin um there was no justification uh, i i have never discharged someone I, I can i would not discharge so quickly unless there were no grounds no evidence from mental health you are a young person owning a company very passionate i could not justify even a day more um, you were sectioned for being the doctor says grandiose delusions financial company i say he says the accusation the sent the sectioning was for delusional psychosis in the words of the doctor who i engaged with because at this point i'm in a psychiatric hospital uh, he's the only one that can release me all right man you have the authority to assess me. These people don't. Uh, they say, yeah, we, they, the, the early intervention service didn't believe your company, your board members, your valuation, your economics. He says, I'm just a doctor, but you know, you could say anywhere from 4 million to 300 million, and that's valid, <laughs> valid for what you're doing. Uh, modest even is what he said. So uh, you do not have any mental disorder. This is this is crazy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's that's the story of the first time I was kidnapped and tortured, and what's the genesis of everything. Um, I don't know how much time you have. I can talk about the second time I was kidnapped, the continuous attempts to do so, the surveillance going on, the the compulsion to leave the UK. I'll get onto that first yeah uh we can then talk about asylum the business uh liberalized group however much you want I, I well, have time. we, we can we, we can always have you come back too you know so if if we don't okay. whatever we don't get to today you know we we can always have you come back but yeah let's let's just keep moving on down the path like so so you've got out of ba basically so psychiatric isolation in yeah. the Altrincham Priory Greater Manchester. That's that's just wild. That that <laughs> I'm not even sure what what to say about that, but you so you got out and first like how do you decompress from that or do you? I just I I I lost a lot from those two days we, we would we had just started um working with a company called wholesale investors where we'd made this video which they'd seen uh we'd reached out they showcased us on an event called capital 2021 there was we got uh several dozen leads from there we we're supposed to follow up with uh, i was unable to um it didn't affect me much then um i was kind of of the mindset that uh you know, it, I didn't believe it. I was very resilient, resistant. Again, um, you know, I, I say I, I resist tyranny, resist tyranny. Uh, I defied them. I said, F you, I'm not telling you anything. Uh, consequently, I was, I was sectioned for refusing to do so, for refusing to comply, give them the intelligence they wanted. The entire time, I, you know, I, my mind was like, like this, uh, strong, whatever, it's not going to phase me. Um, it was life threatening trauma um and i have you know contracted post-traumatic stress disorder from that um because that's 
just what it does to you. But the thing about that, it doesn't hit you straight away. It takes, in my case, it took a month. Uh, some people can take eight months, a year. Um, but I mean, when it hit me, it felt as though, and it hit me the, the first weekend I got to Bulgaria. We went up to the mountains for a, a party up there. It, uh, it felt as though someone had just whacked me around the head with a baseball bat. I was disoriented. I was tripping everywhere. My head has never felt the same since. Um, it, it was, yeah. So how do you compress that? At the time I didn't. So I have, um, oh, I have a smartwatch here, kind of smart, half smart. It's got a stress monitor in it. Uh, my stress ratings were like 100, just the entire... A uh, few weeks, I was I was left in in England, um, and again, though, you know, we can we can move on from England, but this is only half the story yeah. in England. Um, it, it wasn't fun. It was it was awful. You know, I, I felt I, uh, so I, I I had to leave Manchester, which is fine. Go to go to London, uh, it's fine. Living living out of my car and and the office that I'm working in as well, which belongs to belongs to my father um living out of car fearful you know you're not allowed any weapons in the uk <laughs> they come at you you're, you're messed up they've been tracking me they've been surveilling me for several months um for at least two months they've been surveilling me by then and again the records say you know oh he's left england he's he's now in london he's he maybe he's here so that they're continuing to track me um uh, but you know i'm ex i had no paranoia before I believe my human rights, my, my dignity, my my lawful conduct would be enough to protect me. No, didn't have any paranoia. When it comes to the government, you should. Um, something I just posted Agreed. on my on the on the <laughs> Telegram right now is that uh, no matter how paranoid or conspiracy minded you are, what the government is actually doing is worse than you imagine. Yes, great I'm William quote. Blum, former U.S. State Department employee. So I had no paranoia. I, you know, th there was a, a, an insidious government conspiracy against me. I didn't pay any mind. Maybe that's a mistake. Uh, definitely, it's a mistake. Uh, yeah, I, I did so pay mind. I, I, spent, we, I spent when all of two this dozen hours. When when all of this started, I, I assume you didn't really understand or even grasp the full gravity of all of this right like it it probably oh, probably took a minute for it to all sink in right are you talking about um so just the timeline this started new year's 2020 2021 well well just like the the gravity of the situation that th had... this is a lot bigger of a situation than I you initially no, thought. I had no idea that I'm being harassed by some Marxist lunatics. Pay no attention, tell them to fuck off. Uh, you know, we need at my daughter saying we need to assess your your company, your technology. No, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> um, wake up, house is surrounded. Knock, knock, knock. Open up. Uh, go to the window. Da, 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 who is this? Uh, they write, you know, he's he's at, he's shouting at the window. He's causing a scene. The neighbors are, are looking, you know, he's uh, he's in the wrong for causing it, for drawing attention to the surrounded home. Um, 
Now, at the time, you know, of course, flight, fight or flight, uh, adrenaline, but you don't process any of that. So just on the psychological dimension of all this, uh, I was aloof, unaware until then, and all of a sudden, life-threatening. But you're, and this is this is the essence of post-traumatic stress disorder. There's two things. The first is that your um, your psyche, your brain, your cognition is stretched to a level that it's not intended to go to, uh, and that causes um, something known as I know in statistics, it's hysteresis, uh, which is like plastic deformation. <laughs> you know, rubber bands can, can go like this, but if you push it too far, it's gone too far. So the, yeah. these neurons for life-threatening distress trauma, uh, your brain does not shut off from that. Um, and so that, that's the first aspect. And the second aspect is it's, it's so overwhelming. You are unable to process it. So... The, the the only effective therapy I found for post-traumatic stress disorder is something known as eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy, therapy or EMDR, where you sit in a room, the psychologist or the, the therapist, tick, 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 or they can do it like this. Um, and you think about the memory and you, you, you picture the memory in your mind. They say, how, how distressing is this for you? Eight, nine, 10. And then they, uh, you say, right, just think about that. And eyes side to side to side to side. And then they start um, introducing different trains of thought or kind of, they, you're not supposed to think of anything, but you do think of things. So they say, what, do you, what did you think about? And you tell them, they write it down. And then they follow that psychotherapy. Um, and it's all about, it's about desensitizing the experience. So you start off, it's nine tens, mm -hmm. then seven, six, two. And he said, is it two? Yeah, all right. Is it still two? Maybe it's a one. No, you're, we've done that memory. So, you're re, so you desensitize that memory by allowing your mind to go back and, and properly process that through, through cognition psychotherapy. And the other thing is that you're, de, uh, you're reprocessing the memory. So when I'm, so I remember one of the most disturbing images, there's two of them. Uh, one is when I'm in the room saying, you know, F you, you don't have any rights, what are you doing here? Uh, and the other one is uh, I'm in bed. Uh, I wake up from a nap. That, you know, I'm working full out to do my, my entrepreneurial activities. I wake up from bed, knock, knock, knock at the door. That knock, knock, knock was um, like ingrained in my, in my psyche. Um, didn't process it at the time, but it was stuck in there, just a switch in the brain. Um, yeah, it, it, it was truly a living hell, um, the, the post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, worse than the, worse than the torturous ordeal, if I'm honest, uh, way worse. Uh, and it, it took me several months to be able to find any therapy center in this foreign country. I was uh compelled to to leave to in voluntary exile and then it took again several months to find the emdr specialist therapist especially one that speaks english as well as one that doesn't have a year's waiting list so it was just the most awful time of my life uh from 29th of april 
until I started therapy in 2022, January. And, you know, every week, months and months and months, starting to resume normal function. I mean, you know, when you live a normal life and people talk about depression, especially some of the people that talk about depression, you think, well, you know, can you really feel like that? Um, I remember days I just I didn't want to do anything. I wouldn't leave the bed. Wouldn't yeah. didn't want to function. Just uh, <laughs> one benefit is I I don't drink, so I wasn't able to maybe benefit from my physical health maybe. But you know I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> yeah. just push that away with substances. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's easy to do, but I mean, the, obviously the, the bad part about that is uh, the, it just masks, it, it throws on a bandaid. It, it doesn't actually ever heal anything. Um, you know, it, people say having a drink or whatever usually, uh, helps you decompress or, you know, relax a bit and it, it doesn't, it, it actually doesn't, it just makes things worse. One thing that's quite interesting is uh, the only, I mean, there's, there's probably two, three, there's a few drugs that do help um, that don't just mask it. So ecstasy has a, a therapeutic effect yeah. in, in the, so not only do you feel better, um, but also there's a psychedelic element to ecstasy that allows yeah. you to do some reprocessing of that and just feel a bit better. Mushrooms are usually great um, for that. Psilocybin. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, in the yeah, and then amphetamines, I imagine, would be good to stimulate you if you're super depressed. Uh, the the medicine that I've that I have to take every day actually um, that that's cured most of the rest of my symptoms that therapy didn't get is um called modafinil it's what they give to fighter pilots to keep them awake and alert so when i'm not taking this drug which is like i forget in in the morning say my head hurts um i feel drowsy i feel lower um which it's a non-steroidal sorry a non-amphetamine stimulant uh to take away narcolepsy um and just increase awareness uh maybe has a neurotropic effect but it, it's not like adderall um, yeah yeah and like yeah if, if i i think the only way i like if if i'm not on this drug it, it just it physically physically hurts in my mind um i think i'd need to go to like a, a chinese monk retreat for four months to, to yeah fix this <laughs> one day <laughs> yeah well, if if it's okay with you, I would like to break this up in in two, because I, I think this is such a such an important story. Um, not not that I want to r- wrap up right this minute. I do got to get going here soon, but I I really do enjoy getting the detail because I I do believe that your story is so important. Um, so so I would like to get you back on. Um, so, so we can kind of get into the, the second half of this. Sounds great. Depending how long you have, you can let me know if you'd like, uh, is there any elements of the story 
so far the, the, of the narrative that either you want further elaboration on or I've missed the details or something's being unclear? Um, well, one thing I, I am curious about is, so obviously your family knows, um, your, your business partners would have known. Was there anybody out, outside of these groups that were aware of this situation? Uh, my family didn't know. I mean, put yourself in, in, in my shoes at the time, aloof to what's going on, not understanding the gravity, severity, the malevolence of the situation. Um, I'm doing just living my life uh, living my life, running my business. And there's mental health freaks at my door, uh, phoning me up, harassing me, demanding, uh, like I, I wasn't, um, I didn't feel stigmatized by it because there's, I, you know, there's nothing, again, there's no grounds for any of it, but I didn't feel comfortable advertising it to anyone. Um, I confided in my business partners and you know, I don't know what to do. And we're, we're trying to deal with things and they were harassing my mother because that was the phone number on the system. But no, I, I didn't discuss this with anyone. Um, now when, when I was released from the psychiatric hospital, you know, we, we've gone to the police, we've filed reports, we've uh, sent letters to all the chief executives of the uh, state agency, the, Greater Manchester Mental Health NHS Foundation Trust, uh, combined Greater Manchester Authority. Uh, we sent what's known as subject access request here, a Freedom of Information Act in America to the police, like one, two weeks after this occurred, May 2021, uh, one first, first two weeks. Uh, we want all the information. Here's the case numbers. We want that that uh, recording March the 11th at my house. We want the body cam footage of me being arrested, being tackled, the, the pepper spray. I want the name of the officer that's pulled out the pepper spray uh, right in my face. I want all details, everything. How, how's this warrant? Everything. Now, un, now having reported ill treatment, um, it, you know, the, the international law of everything uh, under various conventions, specifically the United Nations Convention Against Torture uh, and its associated protocol. I'll just pull that up, uh, which is the, well, there, there's the Convention for the Protection of All Persons from Enforced Disappearance, as well as a Declaration of Protection Against Those Subjected to Torture or Other Cruel, Inhumane or Degrading Treatment. Now, again, um, we've, uh, when, when I talked about the section itself, there's something known as the um, uh, as, as a the principles of medical ethics. These are a universal instrument of medical practitioners. Uh, it has similar provisions in there as the Geneva Conventions, which is how mm -hmm. you are obligated under international law to treat detained prisoners within your persons. Yeah. So I be I believe I'm covered by the Geneva Convention, but specifically medical, medical, medical intervention. You look at this uh, resolution and every single principle there has been breached, which makes it uh, torture. Let alone, I was tortured. Here's how. Yeah. There's evidence of it. 
torture. So I've reported this, uh, and that's also a, it's a crime against humanity by the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court. I've reported this to the to the, the credible accounts, credible evidence to the competent authorities. It's supposed to go all the way to the top. Cover up, cover up, cover up. Uh, the Freedom of Information Act I sent to the police. What they sent was um, uh, half of what they had, and half of that was all redacted. Under those uh, wow. standards obligations, you cannot redact any of that. It is imperative for the accountability of justice that I'm able to receive all of my data uh, yeah. completely unredacted. And then we say, you know, so we sent that in May. They so due to the high volume of requests, it may take. We're obligated to give you this within 30 days. Due to the high volume of requests, it may take two months. It took two years. We chased it up, wow. chased it up. Two years on, here you go. We say, well, where's this? Where's this? Where's this? They say, well, um, first off, we've deleted it. Secondly, we never recorded it in the first place. Prove us wrong. <laughs> they said, um, it, we, yeah. we do. Who are you going to go to? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Although it is standard practice that all the police officers wear body cameras, although you allege they were on, I've got pictures proving it, although you came in the morning, the battery life on these things don't last all day. There were five, six police officers um, that all of them turned them off. Uh, there's, a, there's problems with battery life. We don't retain the records uh, for that long. Uh, a matter of one or two weeks is when I submitted the request um as such you, you're not having any of it especially that call or that um in-person recorded statement the 11th of may uh, 11th of march 2021 which they've redacted all of their records for but i, I <laughs> all of their it's just big black blow yeah we've attended his his house alarm harassment stress everything else blacked out where they say well this does sound awful but uh, I've even gone to uh, the the member of parliament, uh, my mother's residence. And he says, wow, you know, this, this does sound like a sinister conspiracy. Here's what we recommend. Go speak to Liberty, uh, an organization in the UK called Liberty, which I believe is owned by a Labour MP. I phoned them up. They said, well, too much for us. Uh, here's maybe a hotline or something you can deal with. But we, we're not we don't get involved in this kind of maybe, thing. Maybe they should change their name. <laughs> <laughs> They, they gave decent, like reasonable advice, but also they said like, here's some, here's some solicitors that you need to go to, or well, phone all those solicitors. And they say, well, you know, was this human rights? It's uh, mental health. We're not involved in mental health. Well, no, it's not mental health. I've actually produced the, uh, I've claimed asylum. I've already proven it's not mental health. Uh, here's, no, we're not interested. Okay, uh, go, to, go to mental health. Ah, this is very complicated, human rights. We're not competent. No one wants to do anything. Um, I've got the phone call with the MP recorded. Now, my mother, uh, she, she did not do the best job at articulating everything. She phones up in distress like a year after, you know, crying. And this has happened to my son. I don't know what to do. But we've got him on, on recording saying, this does sound rather sinister what's happened to your son. How, how awful. So I've got, I've got hundreds of pages of evidence to support every single allegation that I'm saying here. Nothing's been done. Nothing's been done. Uh, what, what we'll do is we'll just, without going into detail, I'll wrap yeah. up the rest of the story. 
I'm still being attacked in the UK as another kidnapping, another instance of deliberate torture, physical, uh, uh, get, get the hell out of Dodge, get, get a plane to Bulgaria. In Bulgaria, I try and get residency, it didn't really work out for whatever reason. I don't know, I think one reason, they say another. Um, especially I spent two months doing nothing other than like rotting in depression. PTSD. Yeah, understandable. Um, and you've, you've got three months to do it. By the time I did everything, it's five months. Uh, okay, I can't get residency. Well, yeah, don't mean to do it, but uh, yeah, I know it's going to be controversial, but I went and claimed asylum. Uh, I tried to do that first, and they said, You're, you're English. Went, yeah, I've been persecuted by tyranny of the government. But look, go for, go for a residency. And they said, um, If you get refused asylum, you're gone forever you get refused residency you come asylum so i claimed asylum uh, i submitted 24 pages of evidence and an uh, over an hour's statement and the decision came back rejected um because this is outside the mandate of the nhs the uk has a perfect infallible human rights record it is a democracy wow. where none of this could occur <laughs> Consequently, maybe, the, maybe they should tell that to uh, India or, you know, about half the world. It, <laughs> they were bombed in World War Two by the British, uh, an intentional war crime. Uh, Churchill said, you know, we will break their spirit if we bomb the shit out of their capital city. And they did. Yeah. And Bulgaria surrendered. So there's been no instances of, of human rights violations in the UK in, in recent years. Um, they, the government works fine what you're alleging here would be illegal uh there are mechanisms to to prevent and safeguard impunity none of the mandate and it, it, it is illogical that they would be attempting to persuade the, the, the complainant petitioner me of the non-existence of a company which is lawfully registered and, and operating leg legitimately so basically, they, that, they just said that they don't believe you and they took everything at face value because this exists. It couldn't have well, they happened. They say there are these contradictions in the refugee history and there's been no substantiated allegations to support this account. Even though I gave 24 pages of evidence, mostly com compiled from the official record that I was able to get hold of by that time. Um, I took it to the appeals court. Uh, without getting into it, I wasn't allowed to go to the court. In the appeals court, my previous lawyer read me some of the transcript. They said, oh, ha, there is 24 pages of evidence. However, this has been compiled by the complainant, um, not through a Bulgarian lawyer or official. So we're going to disregard it. Subsequently, wow. there's been no evidence submitted to the court. So the discussion of the Sophie administrative court was not about the case, no individual merit, only about the their misconceptions of the rule of law in the UK, where they repeated the assertion that this would be illegal. Uh, there's no media reports. Uh, no, like uh, it's just completely unbelievable. He, he's not even here to to present or argue a case. No, um, I'm supposed to be able to appeal that. They're supposed to tell you come to court. They're supposed to tell you we've made a decision. They're supposed to tell you come appeal it. Six weeks after that, when I'm chased saying, "When's my when's my court day? When's my court day? You know, where can I get a lawyer?" Um, knock, knock at the door. You're being deported. What the? 
it's been uh, a go. We chat really nice guys, actually. So, you know, we're sorry this happened to you. This is illegal, corrupt. I said, well, I want to I want to appeal this to the Supreme Court. I say, well, you have two weeks to appeal. It's been six. <laughs> You're being deported. Wow. So my my question is, is have and this is this is kind of a broad question, but have, have you appealed not not like through the court system, but have have you gone to any other resources in any other countries? Um, tried reaching out possibly to somebody else. From that date of the final decision of the court, I had a three month window to make uh, an appeal. Now that I've exhausted all domestic remedies, I made an appeal to the European Court of Human Rights. So I, I, I had to go to to Greece for eight days. Beautiful holiday, uh, adventure, mountains, <laughs> yeah. Olympus, Pindos, Vikos Gorge, beautiful. Come back, uh, I'm just doing law. We make the appeal, we make the submission to the European Court of Human Rights. And they say, due to the backlog, it may take two years for us to, to hear anything. Okay. Um, <laughs> Throughout all this while, the past two years, my grandfather, my, my 85-year-old grandfather in the UK, he spent, come out of retirement to advocate for, for my case in the UK and try and get any accountability, any justice. He's gone to every authority and they've all said the same thing. Cover up, cover up, cover up. So I've exhausted domestic options in the UK, can't do anything. I've exhausted everything here, gone to the European Court of Human Rights. Well, what's next? United Nations. So yep. uh, I, I, get a, I get a new lawyer here because I, I wasn't pleased with, with the, the one for the ECHR. He was a great lawyer, but maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> my case wasn't his expertise. It was very, very difficult. Yeah. And the language barrier, etc. So I get a new lawyer. They're fantastic. We go to the United Nations Human Rights Council, uh, the Office of High Commission of, hum of All Human Rights. 14th of July, we send a letter, six pages. A month later, I phone up what's going on. A month later, I phone up what's going on. Uh, they say, oh, um, we, we have received that. I said, right, I want a, a, a receipt. Okay, we've, we've received your letter. That was the 13th of September. I've got that. I've got the uh, reference number, got their receipt, nothing. So we've done the UN, what else can, can be done? Uh, so about this time when I'm working with the lawyer, I said, what can I do? I said, you know what? Um, I, I can do one thing, which is it, these are egregious violations of international law. Um, I can appeal to other countries. And next episode, I'll tell you about one country in particular um, who told me no. <laughs> Just, uh, you, like, we, we are obligated to help you, but you don't have a legal status so in Bulgaria because you've been persecuted. So we're not going to help you. Um, so I've said, okay, well, I've got a list of 63 countries and I'm doing something known as a, I've, I've said it's a, the diplomatic pursuit of justice or a diplomatic mission where I've been writing out, I've written out a lawsuit and now I'm writing out a, um, a new format for it to align with the diplomacy element. Uh, and I'm reaching out to, to 60, 60 countries, the most powerful countries, all the EU member states, Russia, China, Ecuador, South Africa, India, you name it, maybe the United States thinking about it. Uh, just saying here, three pages, here's what happened. 
uh, an annex, his 13 breaches of international law, and his uh, second annex filled with evidence. I need help. Here's what you can do. Um, you know, uh, and I've got all, all these actions. Here's what you can do. I need help. I have no rights. Uh, I have no justice. I have yeah. no means of getting out of the situation. I cannot travel. If I get stopped on the train, they say, where's your visa? Where's your passport? You need a passport. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Look, uh, I've got this letter from my lawyers. Here's the law. Please don't take me away. Uh, I was almost deported uh, in November of one year ago. Um, not a good situation, no way out, except through the advocacy work of the Liberty Rising Group. So I've been- Which I was, to... I was just about to ask you about. So, and that's kind of what I want to end on, uh, at least for this episode. Um, just, just to recap, what is the Liberty Group, Liberty Rising Group, um, and what do you plan to get out of it? Sure. Uh, Liberty Rising Group, uniting for freedom, working for your liberty. All right. We're championing liberty through advocacy, media, and, and, and development. All right. So uh, one element is kind of think tank is uh, the, the formal term for it. Uh, and for that, we're partnering up with an organization, hoping for some grant funding there. Looking forward to that. Been very positive response so far. Um, we've got a telegram channel. That's our main thing. Uh, memes, uh, papers, Substack, highlighting um, liberty both, uh, and the contraventions, infringements there. Not just explicit threats, but subtle erosions. Um, All very world. high quality, by the way. Super high quality. I love what you're doing with it, which is kind of where, you know, our our friendship started is with the telegram group, I found you that way. And everyone listening right now, uh, go check that out. Uh, I didn't add it to the description, but by the end of this, it will be in the episode description. So you can go check this out. And if you don't have a telegram account, now is a perfect time to sign up and go follow uh, Adam over there because what he's doing over there is super high quality. And it's, uh, it's, it's really great, really great content. So we've got the Telegram group at Liberty Rising Group, on Twitter at Liberty Rising X. There's a Substack in the Telegram. Um, should probably aim to expand. Uh, but what we want to do, we're doing litigation, right? Championing my cause, doing the diplomatic mission. So it's not me sending out to 60 governments. It's Liberty Rising Group, which adds authority and impact uh, and positions the organization as a platform that we're going to have this monumental case uh, dealing in, you know, I've already submitted uh, hundreds of millions of loss of uh, legal redress against the United Kingdom in the European Court of Human Rights. I'm now taking it to the International Criminal Court and all, all, the, all the major governments of the world. We're going to have that as our prime pinnacle piece and using my story to try and, and advertise and raise the presence of this of this group um educating through memes through writings articles through discussions um as well as but but you know i started off as a financial technologist economist etc by now i'm a pretty good uh, legal professional 
So not only am I advocating for my rights, but we've already through our efforts, uh, got uh, some, someone that's come to us and said, uh, my property rights have been massively infringed. Um, <laughs> I'm worth this much money. I have nothing. I, I'm, you know, these are my conditions. And we've signed on as their advocates. We're not, we're not qualified lawyers, but we, you know, from me being in this, this position of utmost vulnerability, having no idea, law, legal rights, everything, all of a sudden I know everything to do. I'm speaking to, to international governments, organizations, lawyers, etc. So I've taken up his case. We've already done a dozen uh, hours of uh, legal advocacy for him. We, we've uh, pulled him off of one solicitor who's uh, draining his, you know, Breach, breach of professional standards, found a better one, doing all the case, pushing that forward. It's about all I can say about it. But liberty, property rights, natural natural rights, etc. Um, education awareness. What we want to do is is you know, make sure that liberty and freedom and human dignity is at the forefront. And not only do we recognise the importance of these principles of these concepts, but also know what they are. Um, you know it what I've been through is completely unacceptable. Uh, but, but but what most people, like there's a lot of people that go through maybe less severe, but still completely egregious, unacceptable violations uh, of natural law, but also of national and international law. It's a travesty, this modern world, it's all on its head. Uh, so that's that's what we're doing. The, the goal is to, to build up the platform through advocacy, litigation, media, memes, etc., and to, as I say, the vision is to, to aspire to a world where liberty is a lived reality for all. Yeah, and I, you know, that I, I think that that's not only a very valuable goal, uh, a very obtainable goal, but it's incredibly noble. Um, that's That's one of the things that I wanted to do with uh, my platform as well. Um, seeing the abuses and uh, to a lesser extent experiencing my own, um, you know, comparatively speaking to yours. Um, but being able to highlight stories like this is incredibly important to me. Um, having people realize that there are abuses going on, not in just this country, uh, in other countries all around the world. Um, tyranny isn't uh, discriminatory. It goes after everyone. Um, and it's, it's, it's very omnipresent, real. Omnipresent, omnipotent. And how can you, a lowly, a lowly individual subject of tyranny, resist? And yeah. that's, again, it's a platform and I, I've, I've labeled it Liberty Rising Group. So Liberty, that's you. We're going to lift you up. And it's a group. It's an association. It's a nonprofit organization, an NGO. Uh, I want to, you know, to build a network here um, and, you know, as you say, nobly assist. Yeah. Well, um, so let everyone know where they can find you one more time. And uh, we'll we'll end on this one for right now, and then uh, hang out after after the end, and we'll we'll uh, chat and we'll we'll set up uh, part two. Thank you very much, Jacob. Uh, the best the best way, the most active we are is Telegram. 
at Liberty Rising Group and Liberty Rising Chat, uh, Twitter, Liberty Rising Group X, or maybe Liberty Rising X, Let's have a look, Liberty Rising X, um, and then all, all other links will be found on there. Awesome. And uh, after the end of this stream, uh, I will update that in in the episode description. Uh, you will be able to find that. So just go to the description, hit the links, and uh, you'll be able to go from there. And uh, on that note, make sure to go to risetoliberty.com slash links and, uh, um, you know, find your preferred platform. Make sure and follow us on uh, X or Telegram, uh, Twitter. And I, you know what? It, it's not X. It's still Twitter. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. X is such a stupid name. Cool branding. Very cool branding. But it, it's Twitter. You know, I, I didn't X. I tweeted. <laughs> but anyways, make sure and follow us there. Um, keep an eye out for part two. We'll, we'll definitely get that uh, going here soon. And uh, got some more episodes coming up uh got something about cbdc's coming out because uh that's taken the world by storm cato came out with a uh, uh the the cato institute came out with with a poll that showed that only 16 percent of americans support a central banking digital currency uh i believe it's because mainly those 16 percent don't know what it is uh most people don't support it because they don't know what it is uh, I believe uh, support would be at an all-time low if people actually understood um, the implications of what this would do. So on that note, thank you so much, everyone, for uh, hanging out. And uh, hang out, Adam, for a minute. And uh, until next time, stay free, my friends.